Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Inside Sources. I am your host, Greg Scordis, filling in today for Boyd Matheson, who I understand will be back with us tomorrow. Um, we've talked about the legislative session, which has just begun. And this year is going to be an interesting year nationally and locally because it's uh, it's an off year. It's uh, not a not a president year. It's a it's a year when you would expect uh, not a presidential election year. Not a year when you'd expect the Democrats to do uh, particularly well. Um, it just seems to be that we ebb and flow in the off off season and that the Republicans are likely to have a banner year this year. Uh, nationally, uh, they've been winning some pretty high profile seats uh, or close to coming to knocking off some pretty powerful Democrats. Uh, but there's a new Gallup poll that's out that shows that there is currently the biggest swing toward Republican affiliation in 30 years. Now, this this blew me away. This is something I wouldn't have expected. Um, is this a bad sign for Democrats or is something else going on? I mean, you would think that uh, the divisiveness that's gone on in this country would cause people to sort of take a look and say, well, wait a minute, I don't know if they want to be involved with either party. Uh, but you'd also think that maybe the president and the Democratic majority right now being stonewalled as they are, not getting as much done as they would have, as some people would have hoped and thought, uh, maybe made a difference. Um, Inside Sources had an opportunity to to speak with uh, Sarah Isker. Sarah is a, uh, a ABC News contributor who spoke with us earlier today about the poll and the political scene at large. She says that the poll showed a 14-point swing towards the Republicans in a year when people were asked which party they would affiliate with. So at the beginning of 2021, Democrats had a nine-point advantage on that question. Now Republicans with a five-point advantage, really unlike anything we've seen, because for so long, political scientists, campaign operatives like me have considered party identification maybe not quite as you know, staunch as your religion, maybe something more like Coke versus Pepsi, right? When I go to a restaurant, I order a Coke. If they say, no, we've only got Pepsi, I say I'm having water. And so in that sense, to see that big a swing, 14 points over the course of a year, really has us questioning what this data is telling us. So on the particular question that she was referring to, in the beginning of 2021, Democrats had a nine-point advantage. A year later, 
Republicans have a five-point advantage, a 14-point difference. I mean, that's that's something pretty unheard of and something that's pretty not necessarily not only unprecedented, but really unexpected. Um, so we have some thoughts on that. Nate Silver came up with three reasons that I think are worth exploring. One, perhaps the data is bad, right? People are answering polls so much less often than they used to that even small changes create huge noise in polls like this. That's possible. But a second reason is that party identification is like Coke and Pepsi. And in fact, we are seeing that big a swing between Democrats to Republicans, as we've seen realignment happening over the course of the last few years, on par with what we saw in the 70s and 80s in the South. That was regional as Democrats became Republicans in the South. What we're seeing now, more education-focused, non-educated voters becoming Republican, college-educated voters in the suburbs in particular moving to the Democratic Party. And so this is bad news for Democrats. You're not going to switch you know, from Coke to Pepsi and then back to Coke again. Um, If you found a roach in your Coke and you switched to Pepsi, you're staying with Pepsi. And then last of all, the possibility that maybe party identification isn't as stable anymore, that Trump really pushed a lot of Republicans over to the Democratic Party at the beginning of 2021. And now disappointment with Biden is pushing those voters back to the Republican Party. Um, It's still not great news for Democrats, because while Party ID may be more transient than it has been since 1991. We're still not looking at people switching every six months, certainly not before the midterm elections. But it does mean Democrats may have the chance to win back voters in 2024. Token Pepsi. She keeps going to that metaphor. And I tell you, uh, uh, people will disagree with me. I can't tell the difference. Anyway, I don't like either one. So, um, but, but we're talking politics and not soft drinks. Um, a lot of people are thinking that uh, some of this, uh, some of this swing toward Republicans is the result of COVID-19 restrictions and some huge clashes over education policies in the past few years. And we've seen those here in Utah. But is that the case? So that's the interesting question is because in the past, we've not seen issues really change people's voter identification. Um, But, of course, COVID-19, a huge national issue that has so many different issues built into it. The education, school closures are built into it. Inflation is built into it. Frustration when you go to the supermarket and they're out of produce built into it. So if there ever were an issue that made people question their voter identification, maybe COVID-19 is it. Um, But again, it's hard to find the causal arrow in some of these things. Are people changing their voter ID because uh, of these issues? Or are they changing their position on the issues because they've decided to change their voter identification? And I have to ask, are people divided on issues as simple as COVID-19 because of their political views or because they uh, disagree or don't agree with the science? I mean, it seems like everything that comes up right now in terms of uh, what we're talking about today, voter rights, voter suppression, uh, police uh, reform, uh, COVID-19 are now being decided straight along party lines. And that's just not the way we've done things historically in this country, but it's the, certainly the way we're doing things now. And so uh, if you're, if you're looking at uh, 
you know, not having to put your kids in a mask at school and feeling that that feeling like that's something that you, you feel very strongly about, then maybe you side with the Republicans in a way that you didn't before. Uh, maybe if you're uh, nervous, like a lot of people are about COVID, you want to make sure that your children are, are being safe, that masks make sense in certain instances, and you don't mind that restriction. You don't mind that that infringement, I guess some people might call it, on your freedom. Maybe you side more with the Democrats, but these aren't these aren't necessarily Republican Democratic issues. Voter reform should not be a Republican Democrat issue, but it's it's becoming that way in this country, and it's becoming that way more and more. And that was a really interesting. Um, interview and it started with a Gallup poll which shows uh, the biggest swing toward Republican affiliation in 30 years and in fact a 14 point swing towards Republican in a year when people thought that uh, they would maybe uh, you know, gain a few seats, get a little bit of strength, and not much more. So we'll see what happens in the midterm election coming up in November. We'll see how that translates nationally. Um, and uh, certainly I don't think Utah's going anywhere, but straight uh, Republican again. Uh, I don't see that changing, just looking at where we are. But nationally, there are so many states that we call swing states. It'll be interesting to see which way they swing. Um, Sarah gave some historical context to major party swings. Just because you identify with one party or another doesn't necessarily mean you vote that way. And there's all sorts of voters who don't identify with any party. This is only about people who, you know, how they answer the question, what political party do you belong to? Look, there is some evidence that this is transitory as well. The nine-point favor that Democrats had a year ago, that was the highest margin Democrats had ever had. Uh, And the five-point benefit that Republicans have right now, that's the highest since 1995 um, after uh, the contract with America and the Newt Gingrich takeover of the House. And so if we're seeing these big swings, I think that is an argument that what we're seeing might be more transitory and might be more of a reflection of as the two parties become more extreme, voters are responding against in backlash to whatever party's in power. When it was Trump and the Republicans in power, they thought that was too extreme. They considered themselves Democrats. When it's Biden in power and he has moved further to the left than voters expected, there's a backlash against that, and they're more likely to identify as Republicans for those voters in the, let's call them, the squishy middle. You know, and it's this extreme uh, right and this extreme left, I think, that's causing a lot of the problems in this country. And I sounded like a broken record, unlike a lot of the other uh, hosts on shows like this that uh, in order for a Republican to get through his or her own uh, primary, his or her own convention, uh, they've got to appeal to their extreme part. They've got extreme. They've got to appeal to their extreme uh, body, and uh, we've seen even now uh, former President Trump going out and lobbying against uh, some Republicans who are standing for re-election, saying that they're just not extreme enough, and. Uh, you know, it works when you get to the general election to be moderate, to be uh, willing to reach across the aisle. But you can't get through your own party's convention unless you take the extreme position. And that's a real problem with American politics today. And it is not unique to Republicans. It's equal to Democrats and Republicans both, that neither side has figured out a good and competent way uh to shake hands, to get across the aisle, and to get elected if that's the position you want to take. And and speaking about this, this Gallup poll, 
while it may not necessarily look good for Democrats, both parties are seen as more extreme. And and Sarah Isker, the uh, columnist that we've talked with with ABC News, argues that Democrats could take advantage of that in the future. This is not good news for Democrats, no matter which hypothesis you buy into, even if you think actually that the polling itself isn't good and it's due to people not picking up the phone. That can also mean that Democrats will have a hard time turning out their voters uh, in 2022. So when you think about Democrats controlling the House of Representatives by only five votes, the Senate is tied 50-50, you look at these numbers and there's not a whole lot of upside, no matter which hypothesis you buy into as to why the numbers look like this. The silver lining for Democrats would be that if Republicans take back the House and the Senate, then maybe there could be another backlash against Republicans pushing those people back into the Democratic column um, as, again, as both parties are really moving further and further out to the right and to the left, respectively. I don't know that a lot of us believe that uh, in 2021, the Democrats were nine points ahead and in 2022, 12 months later, the Republicans are four points ahead, that there's a 14-point swing in our country. Um, I, I, I love pollsters. I love what they do. I like reading uh, poll results. But we've seen some bizarre findings in some of these polls that were not supported uh, when the general election came out. Um, so whether you're excited and doing cartwheels or a Republican, as a Republican or a little disappointed if you're a Democrat, Take take this information with a grain of salt a little bit, and let's see what happens at the mid, midterm elections. Um, this uh, analyst, Sarah Isker, also thinks that increased partisanship will, in fact, turn off voters, and it could potentially be bad for both parties. I think you put this in the context of COVID-19, inflation, feeling that the country is on the wrong track. And it's not surprising, I think, that we see people being willing to question some of their longer-held political beliefs and their political identities. Whether that spells something good or bad for the country as a whole, I'm concerned. You know, I'm concerned as sort of civic institutions break down. And on the one hand, you could argue like, well, people not identifying so closely with a political party is a good thing. It will lessen partisanship. But what we've seen over the last couple of years is that's not really the case and that people actually become more entrenched in sort of the fight, the zeal of a convert, if you will, and that this could just lead to more partisanship. You know, and what I hope it leads to is more participation in voting. And and really, it, it, it seems that no matter how you feel about uh, voting integrity, and we don't have that problem in Utah. We really don't. I mean, our, our voting... Uh, pollsters, our county clerks, and and the ability that we've had in Utah to participate in, in mail-in uh, voting for, for years now has been really a national model. And people weren't coming to Utah saying, hey, uh, voter fraud, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong. Uh, we need to take a look at it. I mean, I think a lot of other states ought to come to Utah and say, hey, why are you guys getting this so right when so many states are accused of getting it wrong um, but it is going to be a fascinating year. And there are some fun uh, local races that are shaping up that, that are really going to be interesting. Uh, county and city races uh, that, that we're, you know, a lot of us who are political junkies kind of waiting to see who's going to jump in, who's going to throw their name in the hat to run against so-and-so for this position. Uh, that's really going to be kind of a fun thing to watch over the next year and to see how it is that uh, certain parties are going to line up. I mean, if you look at what happened even in uh, 2020 and the presidential 
cycle, Salt Lake County still carried Democrat. And I think uh, Summit County and I think Grand County did as well. But the rest of the state was was sweeping Republican. So there's still some Democratic hotbeds here, some ways for Democrats to win in Utah. And hopefully uh, we can get some Democrats in office just for the balance of it. I mean, and I would say the same thing if the Democrats had a supermajority, that we need more uh, Republicans in office. But I think the each side keeps the other honest, and hopefully we can we can continue uh, the progression toward a little bit more of a balanced uh, party here in Utah, a little more balanced system. So uh, I'm optimistic about the the race this year. I'm not disappointed by the Gallup poll that's showing the swing. I think Americans have every reason to be disappointed with Democrats right now and their ability inability, I should say, to get uh, some of their agenda done and maybe uh, a little more balanced approach going forward is what we need and more in this country. So that's our show for today. Um, I appreciate uh, being able to be part of this show. It sounds like Boyd Matheson will be back. And uh, it'd be interesting to see what the legislature does in its first day. I mean, we keep talking about uh, they're going to repeal the Salt Lake County mask mandate. And of course, I sort of a near and dear topic to me uh, politically and and, uh, professionally, so I won't talk about it too much, but it it will be interesting to see what the legislature chooses to do with that, what they choose to do with growth. That seems to be a huge topic, what we want to do with water after last year, after last year's debacle here in Utah. And I don't blame it on our our elected officials necessarily, but we were certainly asleep at the wheel when it came to that. So uh, we'll see where that goes. And uh, thank you for uh, joining us today. I've enjoyed being your host. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow with Boyd Matheson, Inside Sources. Your all-day resource for critical breaking news, traffic and weather, and conversation about Utah's most important stories. Listen on any smartphone. Speaker, the KSL News Radio app, and in your car at 102.7 FM, KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City, KSL News Radio, Utah's all day companion for news. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office to meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.